Hey, White Sox fans. There used to be a little voice on Zoom that whispered in all of our ears saying, hey, you're recording now or you're not recording now. That's not happening anymore. It's a brave new world of a different platform. And in fact, you it's quite obvious what the platform is now. Uh, Darren and I on the Farm Podcast, we could hide it really well. We were like, cool, we like invented this. Darren spent all his time generating this with all his coding, uh, this really cool new platform. But no, now it's revealed. It's um, StreamYard. Yeah, it's pretty obvious there on the screen. What can I? What can I say? I, I I don't want to duck on our screen, but right now for this podcast, because we're so, we're so devoted to getting you your White Sox podcasts in mass in high volume, and I'm just going to plow ahead with my four friends from Southside Sox and Sox Populi uh, with with the duck. So uh, Melissa Sage Mullenbach after tinkering with all the machinery. Thank you for being here. Maliki Hayes, thank you for being here representing the 59s. Kannapolis, straight out of Kannapolis, it's Darren Black. And, uh, well, you know, Joe Reese's playing keep away. <laughs> Joe is here and he's gone. Uh, we've been playing whack-a-mole, I think, as Maliki said, uh, for this entire uh, pre-podcast. So we may just continue. Uh, well, it's probably not a polite thing to say in mixed company, but we're going to continue whacking the mole here on this podcast. This is number 142, State of the Socks, I've called it. I don't know why. What else are we going to call it? Uh, hey, you know, look, this is what we do when we talk about State of the Socks. We put something on that says State of the Socks, and we shrink everybody down. That's ridiculous. You're all too little now, so let's hide that. But we are talking now about State of the Socks. Give me, you know, we're two weeks in, or however, seems like about two months, two weeks in, uh, just, hey, listen, let's go around here as we play the mole game and uh, just <laughs> initial impressions of this team about what you expected, uh, something particularly alarming. We don't get to drive into too much de- down into too much detail because we're going to get to that through the rest of the podcast. But uh, vibe check at the top of the podcast. Uh, Melissa, uh, where are you? I think I know what I can count on from you, but where are you at? Well, um, we are 25th out of 30 teams in run differential at negative 17. So I feel like that says almost everything <laughs> we need to say about the team at this point. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's been rough. It, I, I'm wearing a actually Friday the 13th like horror t-shirt today because that was the vibe mm-hmm. that I have right now. Right. It's just kind of dread and horror of, mm-hmm. of getting a repeat performance of 2022 so yeah. that's kind of where i'm at right they're now. playing like old school canapolis intimidators and that's what uh, darren's representing so you know we got themes going here all right joe he's playing keep away again so it's to you darren um if you want to go you can pull out of the minors this early if you need to but just from what you've seen because you i believe are someone who had a little bit higher opinion maybe the team going in higher hopes so uh about what you were expecting even though this is a little rough uh, I mean, I don't try to read too much into two weeks, um, unless I guess if you're the Tampa Rays, then you know they're pretty good. I guess if we only could be Darren. <laughs> we mention them all the time in the minors podcast, so might as well keep mentioning them. Um, but I mean, the I think the most frustrating thing is, uh, I mean, the first week it looked like the offense was good, and then yeah. this week it was awful, and then the first week not everybody in the pitching staff was fantastic, but there were at least some representative games um, uh, in this past week. But in the first week it was, you know, you had to score 14 runs to win a game. So I guess it's good that they're putting together half of it 
in the first two weeks and maybe they'll put together the full thing, but um, uh, like they're starting second baseman now starting shortstop has a negative WRC plus. So I'm not, you know, super confident that they're going to be all that great. Um, I just think the division sucks. So that's, that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was so excited to be in Chicago last year. He got all, all the hits that were left in the bat. He used them all up for the summer. Yes, and he earned them that three million for this year, I guess. But yeah, we'll see. Maybe we can. Maybe there's some fairy dust still to be sprinkled where he can. Uh, I don't know. Play well in um, Tim Anderson's stead. Uh, Maliki, uh, what you got again? You know, in the in the Darren Black camp, uh, a you know, you're not panicking. I'm sure you're wearing the hat, so you're not panicking. But uh, where are you at? Yeah. Um... <laughs> The the late great Dennis Green, the late great Dennis Green said it about a different Chicago team, but I think it applies well here. Is and they are who we thought they were. The White Sox are who we thought they were. Yeah. They are a team with um, a very very talented top of the roster that is capable of doing really exciting things when everyone is healthy and playing well at the same time. Um, but it's a script that we have seen, you know, repeatedly throughout the decades now that this brain trust has uh has been running things i mean you know it's not really meaningfully different from 2016 where you have a few um you have a few superstars at the top of the roster um but when they are either not healthy or not performing um or some combination thereof or even when they are the rest of the roster um is just not picking up the weight elvis andrus you know the, the second half magic seems to have uh seems to have dissipated with him, Gavin Sheets has done nothing but hit singles. Andrew Benintendi's baseball savant page looks very blue. Um, you know, the, the the ones who've – the Tim Andersons and the Luis Robert Juniors and, uh, you know, the, the guys who are the Yoan Moncadas, even Yasmani Grandal, the guys who are supposed to carry the team are doing their jobs, but it's uh, it's a familiar story, and I don't think any of it is particularly surprising, you know? That's we could have. This is this is if you had said what you're five and eight after 13 games, what's the script? You know, I don't think this is too far mm-hmm. off from what on this podcast we might have projected two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe is coming and going, so we're either going to he's going to just be bonus Patreon content, we're, we're all going to just leave and he's going to just talk to the rest of you if, if he comes back and he's going to get to answer all these questions. I'll, I'll pass on all these clever tiles I came up with, uh, and he can just give you bonus. Super Joe content. And you know there's going to be insight. He's a, he's a Sox math champion. So uh, I hope he comes back. But if he doesn't, it's just a core four here uh, on Sox, Pop, State of the Sox, whatever this is. Hey, let's, let's just shout out this, uh, you know, especially because I typed in the title. Uh, very clever piece. I think it's David Roth, uh, defector. Um, I mean, not clever, pathetic, sad, gutting, uh, calling the White Sox the most dangerous team in the league. And I defy you to... Uh, explain how they aren't because wherever they go, they hurt themselves. First of all, they, they hurt themselves. Uh, they're lucky that in the uh, last tenure of the manager, the manager didn't hurt anybody. Um, this is a team that is just, you know, again, and, and now, you know, they are beginning to hurt, you know, I guess uh, other players as well. Uh, you know, shout out to Lenin Sosa for uh, uh, taking the, taking the, the Buxton knee and then like what the next half frame, clocking a 400 something home run. I mean, I guess nothing can get that kid down. Uh, uh, D 
Darren has had his eye on him saying, okay, wait, let's see if he can take the you know next step. Even at AAA now, he's he's in the majors, so he doesn't get a chance to really solve it at AAA. He's going to have to just solve it in the majors. But uh, I'm not sure if uh, we'll, we'll, we'll link it because it, it was a well-written piece. Uh, if you had uh, read the White Sox is the most dangerous team in the league, maybe you don't have to. Maybe the, the title says it all, but uh, uh, thoughts on the um, – the traveling uh the traveling demolition derby that is the chicago white Sox. i mean it it was funny (laughs) it's pretty true uh it's been going on for a while if we remember the three garcia outfield they were hurting people (laughs) left and right that's kind of how that's, it goes. That's Trace Garcia's in Espanol, Derek. Come on. Yes, true. Yes, sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't. I think the Lenin Sosa one is a little unfair because it's on the, you know, it was on Buxton to get out of the way, like by rule. Oh yeah. Um, but still, like, it's if you're running into Byron Buxton, that's a guy that's you know pretty frail, so <laughs> kind of just you know, amplifies it, but yeah, that's basically what it's been. I mean, Eloy hurts himself. He doesn't really collide with people. He collides with walls and nets and hurts himself. Um, to Manderson, kind of the same thing here. Um, uh, I don't know. What was it earlier this week? It feels like I'm getting the injuries mixed <laughs> up already. Um, but yeah, that's what they do. I'm not, yeah. if they had depth, it wouldn't be, you know, too much of a worry, but they don't. So we kind of have to worry. Gavin killed that gopher or whatever it is he he tripped <laughs> over in right field. That I think he, yeah. I think the animal that poor animal is dead. Whatever it was, uh, yeah, it's uh, fundamentals. <laughs> I'm not sure, Pedro. Early on, <laughs> I know it's just too small a sample size, but early on, I'm not convinced. Uh, any other thoughts about this uh, 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 rolling uh, destruction that is the White Sox? I think it was funny that Roth just identified how bad Rick Hahn's roster building is. I mean, I can't remember what the exact line was, but he had, I, I think he compared them to just like a bunch of cabinets running the bases or something like that, or just like <laughs> large bulky furniture, their efforts to stick a bunch of first basemen in places where they aren't supposed to. And I had a moment on a, a different podcast last week in which it was recalled that Andrew Vaughn actually played second base mm-hmm. last year or yeah. two years ago, whenever it was. I mean, it's, yeah. this is what happens when you do things like that. It's just a fundamentally unserious group that deserves a fundamentally unserious treatment. The, the White Sox are uniquely a team that hears when a player played shortstop, which by the way, if you're a major league player, you played shortstop at some point. It could have been peewee, but you played shortstop because you're good enough eventually to get in the majors. And they actually take it seriously like, hey, Andrew, take some ground balls at shortstop. It, it, ought, to, it ought to click. Uh, but that's the White Sox. Well, okay, I guess uh, <laughs> we've sort of touched on it, but uh, let's just punch at it some more. Uh We've got injuries again, and we have a new, um, I guess we have a new training staff or body physics staff or whatever the, you know, whatever the terms are for actually keeping players from getting hurt. Eloy uh, already hurt. Tim, although not from just running to first base, but I mean, you know, um, hurt. Um, uh, you know, again, small sample size, uh, but these are the guys you expect to be hurt. Yoan hurt. Guys are getting rested preemptively. I understand we're not in an era where guys play 162 games anymore. You know, whatever. Okay, I'm not going to get old school and chomp a cigar over that. But 
when when you're hoping for like 120 being like all, all right um that's a drag you know um uh, i think it was in the tim anderson uh, lenin piece that's that i think indicated that tim anderson in his career since in, in all his full seasons he's played in i want to say 77 this is before the injury 77 ish 70s 77 percent of his games which maybe isn't bad but that's going down <laughs> it's going down as of right now um is there something special about this team is i mean i mean i don't what's what's going on i mean you cannot count on the one guy you could count on plays in houston now i to me i think the biggest issue is depth so if we had any depth i think some of these issues of first baseman in the outfield tripping over themselves and having to drag up somebody from triple a like Sosa who really needs to be in triple a. If we had the ability to actually, you know, draft correctly and develop correctly, it's like a systemic issue. I think I even put that on the site the other day in in the comments um, on the game thread. It's like, we have the systemic issue and until we deal with a systemic issue, we are going to continue at the big league level to deal with injuries and have nobody to back up. And we're going to, you know, continue to have players playing out of positions that they shouldn't be playing in. And so to me, it's, we, we root and we cover for a really just systematically poor baseball team. Yeah. Well, who can add to that? I mean, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) We've talked about, I mean, I don't remember which on the farm podcast it was Brett, but we talked about how just based off of drafting and minor league kind of um, developments that they don't that in this past draft they drafted pretty much only pitchers but then they don't really go out and sign many hitters in the international pool and it was kind of vice versa for the first bit uh, of the rebuild uh, they kind of traded for their pitchers and then were like let's get bats 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 um, and you know those guys are good enough to get to the majors but they're not really you know the first round second round type round guys that you really want them to be um and even then they weren't like Jake Berger. Like he's uh, before he came up uh, from triple a, like he started the season in triple a and got promoted because of a, you know, an injury already. Um, he was already playing more first base than third base. That's kind of how that goes with them. Um, I am more thankful that it does look like the higher end of the prospect pool is getting a little bit better in the middle infield talked about that before but still everywhere else is kind of you know not great um and it's going to take a long time for that to kind of fix itself and it, i don't know if, if if it hasn't fixed itself by now i don't really know when it when it will there's not waves and waves of waves or you know there's not you know that shortstop that you're like oh you can he can play left field or right field every now and then that's Romy, and i don't know if he's really has the bat in order to do that um consistently so shoulder shrug until (laughs) they get lucky again i guess yeah Um, yeah the sustainable pipeline of talent has just doesn't and never really materialized and there are promising signs there there's an alternate universe where they do spend enough money in free agency to patch over some of these holes. And then, you know, if they're actually doing that, then maybe having Lenin Sosa, Brian Ramos, Jose Rodriguez, Colson Montgomery, some of those guys who are still at this point for the most part 
at least a year or two away from really being productive big leaguers, then you can say, okay, we do kind of like have some supplementary pieces coming up. Uh, we're not necessarily relying on them uh, to be, to be the guys, but now you've put yourself in a situation where if one of those guys doesn't pop and turn into a star and they're not like, it's not like they're a star making factory that gives us any real reason to believe that's going to happen. Um, they're shit out of luck if that, if that doesn't happen. So it's, yeah, I, I think when you draft Jake Berger and Andrew Vaughn two years apart from each other, and then you turn the other top five pick in between into Craig Kimbrell, into AJ Pollock, into nothing, uh, that's, you know, then you have gaps. The pipeline doesn't exist. And when injuries happen, you know, you're throwing darts at the wall and praying on lottery tickets. You you took the words right out of my mouth. I was gonna I was gonna list those three because that's what a team that's stocked that won't trade away international money, and who does manage to hit and unearth more than they miss and bury, uh, can do. They can say, you know what, we're gonna take the best college bat we've seen in five or ten years, even though we don't know what else he can do except, I guess, play shortstop. Uh, but that's the White Sox can't afford to do that, and it doesn't seem like they've quite learned that yet i remember listen i am the senior on this podcast so i am old enough to remember when people said if they sign manny machado where is he going to play or where is i don't know yohan mancana going to play and boy and i think it's already come up uh, i don't know if it's darren maliki probably all of us have said oh geez to think that we thought we were crowding out jose abreu and he should be elsewhere because there just wasn't going to be room for him He'd have played every game so far this year, not just because he's, you know, stubborn and his mom gets mad at him if he doesn't play. No, he'd be playing because he needs to play. <laughs> There's nobody else. <laughs> oh, this team. We're doing a podcast about them. Okay. Uh listen, we are gonna get we are gonna try to pull the sun out. Um, it is after dark right now. We're gonna try to get the sun back up again, but we do need to touch on one more thing. Well, this actually could be a positive. So let's touch on this. I don't know what to make of this rotation. It seems like one game, not bad. Like we've lowered our expectations in the basement and then, holy cow, Michael Kopech, look at him. Uh, and then we say, all right, we got Kopech. He's going he's gonna to stop this losing streak. And then Michael Kopech gives up somewhere around like 15 home runs. So let's, you know, I just want to take the temperature of this rotation. We know it's not deep, but we know if they are performing and pitching to their potential, maybe not that you can ever get away with a rotation not being deep, but maybe they can somehow sidestep it not being so deep. Um, thoughts a couple of weeks in on this rotation. Anybody can blurt out first. I don't care. It's uh, a good enough rotation to get to the playoffs if other things go right. It's not going to be, you know, it's not perfect, but it's not going to be the biggest issue. I think, you know, I mean, Lance, I, I don't think we're going to see Cy Young you know, award show performances from Lance Lynn and Lucas Giolito, like we were doing in 2021, 2020, unfortunately for a number of different reasons. I think those days are probably, um, probably behind us, but I think between them, um, Michael Kopech and of course, you know, Dylan Cease taking a huge step forward and still looking like that guy. Um, they'll get enough good starts out of them that there, I don't think, I don't think it's ever going to be the real problem. It's not going to be, it's not going to be as good as it should be or as good as it could be. Um, unless they put themselves in a position to go get some help at the deadline maybe, but I would say, you know, content enough. I don't, I don't think there's anything too out of line with what we might have hoped for or expect. I mean, 
I shouldn't say that, but I'll, I'll shut up and when, the floor. When I was introing my topic, I wasn't staring at Darren. I don't know if he scowled at me when I mocked the White Sox death because, hey, Davis Martin, two starts, five innings apiece. I'm, now I'm making you Davis Martin's guy uh, now, Darren. I don't want to necessarily do that, certainly not in a public forum. But, uh, you know, your thoughts about this, this, this is depth or I, I guess the performance because, it, you know, it's been iffy. But it, I think, as Malachi said, it, you know, <laughs> there is something there. Yeah, I mean, pretty much besides Dylan Cease the past, you know, couple years, like the main thing has just been consistency, like game to game, month to month, year to year, like Lucas Giolito, um, we're at, you know, year to year with him deciding if he's good or not. The VLO looks better than what it ended with. Copex velocity looked great the game prior, <laughs> but then awful the game prior to that. So we'll see see what happens next game. That's kind of been Kopech's whole career is what is he going to do next game? Um, even though he does string some things along, um, but we're now seeing in the bullpen too, like even the guys that we thought were pretty good are not off to hot starts, even though, you know, Raylo is really, you know, pumping the fastball, but his other pitches from when we remember when he was starting, that was his problem and why he's in the bullpen his other pitches, you know, weren't that great. Um, but the slider looked, you know, fine in his last outing, I guess. But the first view, it looks pretty awful. Um, Tanner Banks is coming back up. Um, he, he's been doing pretty well. We'll see. It's just the consistency has been this rotation's problem since they put, put it all together. Even in the minors, the consistency was the issue. So I'd like it to be repeatable. I'd like other guys besides Cease to look good. Um, and if they do, then maybe they'll be, you know, 13 and 13 at the end of the month. I don't know. Um, but that's pretty much where I would hope they're going to be if the rotation can actually string together three straight good starts <laughs> instead of, you know, two and then a catastrophic failure. Watch out, Rays. Tanner Bank is down. I, I've totally buried the lead here. Tanner Banks is back with the White Sox. All right. And I mean, listen, not to mock Tanner Banks because he had a very, he had a very solid year. Not necessarily a guy who's, you know, going to lead you to the World Series, but uh, pitched solidly for the White Sox uh, as a older rookie. Uh, Melissa, uh, you're, I think you encapsulated it right off the top of this podcast, but uh, thought specifically about the rotation. Well, I'm going to steal a, a tagline from Big Brother. Expect the unexpected whether it's like the unexpectedly good or the unexpectedly bad. Like that's how I feel that this rotation is. It's completely unpredictable. And other than Dylan, I mean, you know, he'll have the occasional, you know, start where it looks like he doesn't have his stuff. But other than that, like I feel everybody else, you just never know what you're going to get. And to me that over the long haul doesn't bode success. Like, if you're like, well, this week, maybe we'll have two good performances and next week we'll only have one. And then the next week, maybe we'll have five. Yeah. And so to me, I, I thought the bullpen was really going to be the, the, the bullpen. I really did. Um, and that I cursed them. Um, so I'm <laughs> probably like going to curse the starting rotation now by saying that they, they're so inconsistent. You'd never know what to expect, but that's to me. That's pretty much the bottom line is, I don't have much faith in it because I could sit and write a game thread and, and write all about what they did last week, knowing that it could be completely different than what, and I, and I know it's baseball and 
that's part of the game. But it, you feel like at some point there's a pattern that evolves. And these guys just seem there is no pattern. Like you just, you don't know what you're going to get. And to me, that doesn't make me feel really positive about where the season's going to end up. Well, here's something that makes you feel more positive, Melissa. Rest easy. There is nothing you can do to curse this team that they aren't already way ahead of you in cursing themselves. So you are safe. I do not think there's anything that's ever going to be traced back to you. I mean, who knows? But uh, I think you're all right. All right, let's take a break because we're going to try to get a little more positive. I'd say the second half of this podcast, but we all know it's going to be a shorter segment of this podcast. We'll take a break. We'll be back. Let uh, Fans First Sport Network pay a couple bills or something, or maybe there's no break at all, and we're coming right back. So here you go. In one second, I'll be saying hello to you. Hey, hello. It's one second later, or maybe a minute later. It is Sox Populi Podcast 142. Oh, I don't know. We're just sort of summing up the first couple of weeks. Nothing you haven't already seen. You've been watching. And let's face it, you're probably listening because maybe you've been trying to avoid watching. It's been a little rough, a little rough going into the season, a little rough since the seasons began. Haven't had a single winning. I mean, it's even called a winning streak when it's two games. is sort of embarrassing, but there hasn't been a winning streak this year. Hasn't been a winning series this year. Um, unless somehow I blocked it out. Uh, and boy, I tell you, looking at the second half of April, I'm not sure one's coming, but okay. Anyhow, negative gone. We are feeling good about Luis Robert. Luis Robert has like already like 12 war. It's like one something. Yeah, it's it's very impressive for basically games that really shouldn't, shouldn't even be legal to be counting war yet because it's been like, what, 12, 14 games. Uh, but the man is out of the gate like gangbusters. Everything he wasn't doing in the World Baseball Classic, it seems. Uh, he's like, well, pff, come on, I was... Don't tell my Cuban teammates, but that was just, that's exhibition. This is the real stuff because he's hit the ground running. He's been sat one or two games. I don't know. He's been sat, which, okay. Uh, but <laughs> um, we've got him on our team. It feels pretty good. Uh, reactions to this guy, Luis Robert, because um, if he can if he can give us 150 games like this, or okay, don't be greedy, Brad. 140 games like this. Now we're talking about a guy who could potentially be an MVP of the American League. He, he's everything he's doing everything right now that we thought that he could do right when healthy. So if he stays out of his own way and his teammates in the outfield stay out of his way, <laughs> he, he should be. I Tenny did a great job on that catch. He just watched, he hopped over him. He, he executed that perfectly for having run five feet. So I, so far the left fielder definitely improved from Illinois, but. But I mean, I was just like looking through his stats today and, you know, in the AL, he's like tied for second for home runs. He's fourth in slugging. I mean, he's fifth in hits, 10th in batting average, ninth in OPS. I mean, he's he's doing everything that we were told that he could do, but hadn't really seen from him in bits and pieces. We had seen that, but he's putting it together. So if he can put this beautiful piece together throughout the season if nothing else, at least we have him to watch and enjoy like many sex seasons past where you pick out that one person like Frank Thomas and you're like, yay, at least I can watch Frank Thomas. Um, but I mean, he has the potential to be a Hall of Fame type player. The guy has all the tools. The defense that he's been throwing out this season has been phenomenal. The speed looks like it's back. He hasn't been stealing bases but I'm fine with that because he got injured stealing the bases. So let, let somebody else do that. You don't need to be stealing the bases. Um, just keep everything else rolling. And he's, it's been really fun to see him blossom. 
Maliki, Darren, uh, Melissa stole some of your numbers. Your numbers, guys, you got new numbers for us. Uh, uh, your, uh, your take can't be negative, but uh, thoughts on what you've seen from Luis? Uh, I mean, he's the good has been exactly as advertised, like straight from when he was signed. Like this is what he was supposed to be. Um, as my camera goes away, and then, <laughs> I don't, um, but yeah, I mean, it is just two weeks. I will point out he hasn't walked once, which isn't fantastic. The plate discipline isn't, that's still the same, uh, uh, La Pantera that we've seen previously. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll wait to see how it kind of ends up. Um, but I'm pretty excited that he's actually hitting the ball with authority. That seemed like something that he was lacking. Um, and now he's finally able to do it. What I like about Darren too, not only the intimate, the old school intimidators hat, but also now he is showing off his ventriloquism that he has been practicing all off season to bring to you on these podcasts. It is phenomenal. Uh, Maliki, what you got? I mean, listen, how are you going to follow it up? But come on, you're our cleanup hitter here. Uh, what you got on Luis? He's ridiculous, man. It's been, <laughs> well it's said. Been 50, it's been 54 plate appearances. He has a WRC plus, a weighted runs created plus of 184, which roughly corresponds to OPS plus. Um, and man has not yet taken a walk in the 2023 <laughs> MLB season. <laughs> he does not have a base on balls, um, which is the only reason I'm going to hedge the MVP talk. You know, yeah. a, the bat is just going to cool down a little bit at some yeah. point. And if he's still running a big old 0.0% walk rate, then <laughs> it's going yeah, to hurt, hurt the bottom line a little bit. Uh, but man, it just in terms of hitting, like, he does do it everything and watching him. I, I think even more than what he's doing with the bat, watching him not be hurt and mailing it in uh, and half-assing it in center field. And I don't say that pejorative pejoratively as, as many do. He was clearly mm-hmm. playing hurt last year and yeah. you know, we saw what the clubhouse was like. It's kind of hard to um, it's, it's hard to blame him, but, and so now seeing what he can do in the outfield, uh, when he actually is putting forth full effort is really, I mean, it makes a difference. There's a lot of batted balls where I'm like, Oh sh- where you really are like, Oh shit. The guy's not supposed to get there. Mm-hmm. Then he makes it look pretty easy. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, I wish he would, you know, maybe chill with the swinging at everything a little bit, but when you're hitting it like that, you know, hard to complain yeah. too much for the time being. Well, and you, and, and you wonder too, you sit back and say, okay, well, all right. P- p- pitchers, Pitchers see, I mean, I know they, they study a lot these days. I, they should. I'm going to guess 0.00 does jump out at them. Uh, so why don't they uh, exploit that? And uh, it could still be to come. But then, uh, well, if it was that easy, he wouldn't probably even have five homers this early. So, I mean, there probably is a little bit uh, both ways going where he's just been a phenomenal hitter when he gets anything close to hit. But the problem is, I imagine they're going to just keep taking what, the definition of hittable and just take it into the other batter's box. And, you know, if he keeps chasing... Uh, yeah, there. You're right. There will be some cool. Off. All right. Okay. I've been. T- I, the, the the water has been doused. No MVP talk. Give us two more weeks like this. Uh, after we win the rest of the series for April, because again, this is the optimistic segment of the podcast. After we win. After we went out in April. Okay. We'll. I'll ask these same questions in in a couple weeks. Uh, as um, Darren struggles to get back to us, or you know, maybe 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 Darren is with Joe in the green room, and they're going to do the special bonus. He said. He said patreon bonus after we're done with the podcast proper because i guess that's the cool place the snacks must be good i don't know i don't think 
I don't think they're that good, but uh, okay. Well, let's uh, wind it a little bit. And, you know, um, we don't have good vibes, Jackie Crestle here. Jackie, we're thinking of you. Uh, can't wait to see you back here on the podcasts. Uh, but uh, that said, that means everybody's going to have to pinch hit some good vibes here. Uh, can we muster some? I think some have trickled out. Um, not easy. Teams under 500. I uh, can't even just say, well, in this division, because it's, that's maybe less of an issue. Uh, but still. Um, okay, where's the sunshine coming from? Uh, Melissa, do we, is, is, is there some sun out there for you? And what is it? Wow. <laughs> um, well, we talked about Luis Robert, right? Um, we talked about Talinsi. The non Luis candidate. Yeah, the non Luis category. Um, boy, oh boy. Like, you know, it, well, I guess if TA is only out the two weeks instead of the four, there's something positive. Um, I mean, right now I'm fee- I'm I'm not feeling so positive. Like talking to talking about the Houston series, it was like, boy. I mean, it just I was optimistic. I felt like yeah. there was energy, and they really put themselves up with the champs. And then we played Pittsburgh. We played the giants we played teams have just been meh and we just haven't been able to do anything. And so I don't, I'm, I, I don't have a lot of good vibes for you, Brad. I'm sorry. All right. All right. Jackie's going to be disappointed, but also we'll understand because uh, uh, she can be ribald and feisty on these pockets as well. Uh, Darren with the drive-by, I noticed that he had no crumbs on his face at all. So he did very well. He, he acquitted himself very nicely in the green room, snacked it up really cleanly, and then came back to us. Uh, say hi to Joe as you're running back and forth between the green room and the podcast proper. Darren, um, as you are fading in and out, I'm going to go to Malachi and say, hey, give me some good vibes, Malachi. I mean, <laughs> not to put you under the there. there. <laughs> Tim's not going to be out forever. Eloy's not going to be out forever. Um, I am genuinely excited to see what Lenin Sosa brings. I mean, he um, he seemed he was really tearing it up in AAA. Oscar Colas looks like he is not overwhelmed uh, at the major league level. And the division sucks. Cleveland and Minnesota are going to be fine, but I think they're probably better than the White Sox right now, uh, but not to a degree where I'm like – throw in the towel you know they're still going to be there they're annoying but like i'll still the good vibes is you know what it's still we'll still probably be talking about it with some investment in july which was not the case for a lot of the past seven years so you know what am i grasping at straws absolutely yes Mm -hmm. uh but (laughs) they've got some good players and those are always fun to watch and uh Worth they've they've players worth going out and seeing. So I've not taken that for granted nonetheless. Thank you for reminding me about Oscar. Yes, I should have that. And he he definitely has shown that he's ready to play up at this level. And that that is really exciting because he's been in spots where he easily could have looked completely rookie-like, and I think he's done a great job. So yeah, I love the story. Bringing it up with Darren too often. He's tired of it. He's rolling his eyes right now. In fact, he had to leave the room because he's so annoyed by this. But I just love the idea that he was assigned to Winston-Salem last year. He's like, okay, I'll play in Winston-Salem, even though I played in Japan and, oh, you know, I should be a two-way player, whatever he thinks of himself. And then he, you know, sort of kills it pretty well. And he's getting super feisty being on the dash for just, you know, like a few weeks longer he should be. And he's like starting to let it be known that he's not too, and even though he's, you know, he's a, he's, you know, he's a rookie. He's paid pretty well, but not, you know, he's not, not Luis Robert money. And it's just, and then 
from the minute they said, okay, buddy, then here's your bus ticket. Um, say hi to Birmingham. And from there, he's just, he just hasn't stopped kicking ass. That's, that's a nice, I, I, I like, I like that story. Hey, it's just you and me, Melissa. Oh, Darren's back. Okay, Darren, in between, I know you're hungry, in between snacks, give me some good vibes about, and you know, if you fade out, we'll just, you know, we'll just imagine you're speaking to us in the Intimidators cap. Um, Good vibes. I mean, I've got one that hasn't been mentioned yet, which you guys will probably all tell me I'm silly about, but uh, I want to see what you have to say, Darren. Yeah, I mean, the best vibes I can think of is at least people are putting together in spurts. You know, they're looking like they're actually supposed to. Um, Again, we've talked about consistency. um, But if we're looking at at it from like a purely minors perspective coming from me, like pretty much everyone that's come from Charlotte has actually done pretty well when they've come up, which is kind of funny. Um, Or maybe that's not funny that they need them. But regardless, yeah, I mean, I think the I think the bullpen will end up being fine. Um, it sounds like Eloy and Moncada are coming back this weekend, so that offense should be much better than the series we just saw. Um, but it is, it is against a formidable opponent, so we'll see. Um, but I I'm not really more down or more excited based off of one week about anybody or any team. Um, so we'll we'll see how it all shapes up end of April when there's more data and more thoughts to put together. Um, but this is like they're going to be around 500. Um, they didn't improve the team, so they should yeah. still be right around where they were last year. Yeah. And yet somehow Darren had him in like, what was it, like 90, 91, 92 wins. So you're sitting back oh, saying, no, no, all no, right. No. Oh, well, you know, all right. 84. Okay, 84. I guess you did. I've been thinking about you. Oh, I guess I thought about that one 100 win yeah. year that you I mean, had. Davis Martin's going to get 15 of those, but. <laughs> Davis Martin. Okay, listen, tell me if I'm crazy. Um, the, uh, cause I know I don't know what to make of Yasmani, but the catching core? Am I just deciding I want to like it a lot and say like, hey, we got a pretty good catching. Do Am I stupid for that? Or is this actually a, a at least somewhat solid catching core? Uh Tell me if I'm I'm stupid. No, no. Yasmani looks healthy, so I think that's pretty much it. I think that that that's it for him. I mean, Sebi has a gigantic bat, so he'll have weeks like this. I don't think I don't think he's more than above average bat. But if that's the group of you know catching tandem that you have, then that's fantastic. Um, it'd be better if the you know they were winning with this type of catching tandem because teams don't really have that. But um, Yasmani looks healthy. If that's a positive vibe, Yasmani looks healthy, and he looks like, um, and that's pretty much. It looks like that's what he was missing last year. All you silly people who wanted the catching ten to be really good, and the White Sox also win. God, greedy much? Come on, jeez. Uh, yeah, all right, good. I, I maybe I sort of got something right. Uh, it always makes me feel good. Thanks, Darren. That's nice of you to do for me. Um, uh, okay, well, I'm sure I've, I had plenty of other jokes to tell, but you know, our time's running short, I guess, even though there really is no time out. I'll let you get back to the green. Oh, yeah, here, Darren, the tip is again, this is old school, you know. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm the senior here, I guess, you know, I'm still young and spry and dashing and handsome. Uh, the, 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 um, the, the antenna, you put tinfoil on it, and then sometimes you actually have to keep your hand on it, or maybe even like put it in your mouth. That gets the reception consistent, and you won't see the camera going in and out like that. So just something to try. I mean, I know mm-hmm. you're like, what's an antenna? But just, you know, find it, and then that's maybe something you're going to have to do. But uh, Or not. You know, I just love hearing your voice, so it doesn't matter. 
Yeah, I, uh, we'll, uh, me and the White Sox try our best, and sometimes it doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we just don't get a picture, and you know what? It's not so bad. When we don't. Uh, yeah, I knew I'd wind it back to the mm. fact that the White Sox are just a game ahead of Kansas City and a couple ahead of Detroit. But, hey, we are keeping a positive here on the second half of this podcast. It's number 142. Uh, we're putting it up in advance of an exciting it promises to be an exciting Baltimore Orioles series. Exciting could turn out to be exciting for one team and not the other, but let's hope it's for our guys as the weather warms up and then Philadelphia's coming. And then there's about 800 games against Tampa Bay who will never lose again. And well, who knows if the team is intact on May 1st, I like Darren's prediction of 100 wins a lot better. Oh, that's right, 84, sorry. I like his prediction of 84 wins. That's well more than mine anyhow. So I'm willing to get on uh, the, the the Darren bus of 84 wins. Uh, if we can actually crawl to May 1st, feeling good. And, and maybe our, our bright spots, good vibes, will be even a longer segment of our show. Okay, well, I guess, uh, I guess that's it. Thank you, Maliki Hayes, uh, sporting at least on and off. The delicious 59 hat. Canapolis Intimidator, Darren Black, old school. And Friday the 13th, horror movie, jumping out of the closet and stabbing you until you bleed to death. It's Melissa Sage Bolenbach. Thank you all for joining me. I uh, am about at one and a half ears. So hopefully with two ears next podcast, I will be uh, ready to, I don't know, be even more more charming than usual. Thank you for listening. Uh, Maybe the duck, maybe we will lose the duck. Perhaps we will excise the duck for our next podcast. And if not, give you the duck. That'll be our new our new logo. We are we are stream streamyard socks populi. All right. Thanks everybody. And we'll uh we'll catch you sooner than you're ready for us.